Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations. Welcome to the penultimate panorama of the year. At the final EU Leaders' Summit of 2023, set to take place next Thursday and Friday, the latest developments in Russia's war of aggression in Ukraine and the EU's continued support for the besieged nation top the agenda. While Western aid to Ukraine is the subject of political infighting in both Europe and the US, the mood in Kyiv, which faces a genuine winter of discontent, is gloomy. Our Radio 24 correspondent was in Ukraine this week and met with Yaroslav Demshenkov, Ukraine's Deputy Energy Minister. Demshenkov says that Kyiv is currently fighting a war on multiple fronts, and one of these is a war on propaganda. And we saw that, still see that, a lot of propaganda, Russian propaganda. And they try to use different sources and networks, sharing information just with one purpose. Destroyed uh, this support uh, which we have from European countries, from the US, and to use uh, sometimes sensitive uh, situation in internal policy in these countries just only to dis- for one purpose, destroy support and this willing stand up with Ukraine. He adds that another battle being waged is one to retain Ukraine's energy security in the face of a concerted Russian campaign to destroy it. Ukraine's energy sector remains a target of Russian attacks and this threat is only increased at the cold season approaches and just Four days ago we had another massive drone attacks and the capital of Ukraine, the Kyiv city, was one of target. And actually I live on the left bank of Dnieper River and so and can see from my window at home CHP5. And I saw a lot of drones and thanks to air defense system all of these drones were destroyed on air but of course the target was this thermal power plant because they would like to use winter and freezing and cold as a weapon in case previous winter previous winter they damaged thermal power plants both thermal power plants in in Kyiv CHP-5, CHP-6, and we conducted quite a huge repair campaign, not just only in Kyiv city, but everywhere in Ukraine to be ready for this winter. Meanwhile, Washington has played host this week to a joint Ukrainian-US defence conference. The conference has taken place in the midst of a funding row in the US, as Congress is showing considerable reluctance to stump up a sizable new package of much-needed military aid to Ukraine. Addressing the conference participants online, the Ukrainian president Volodymyr Zelensky issued assurances that Kyiv's aim is not simply to rely on foreign military supplies. Polsky Radio shares his comments. Ukraine does not want to depend only on partners. Ukraine aims and really can become a donor of security for all our neighbors once it can guarantee its own safety. We really can do this. It is absolutely realistic. And I invite all American defense companies to cooperate with Ukraine. And I'm confident that together we can create a new and powerful arsenal of freedom. 
Zelensky also stressed that his government has stepped up domestic military production in a bid to strengthen the country's own defense capabilities. Our defense productions are working. Ukrainian missiles, Ukrainian drones, artillery produced in Ukraine, ammunition that are being delivered to the front line. Moreover, we are increasing production together with our partners. Last week, Luxembourg's newly elected Prime Minister, Luke Frieden, had his inaugural meeting with Commission President Ursula von der Leyen. Following their tete-a-tete, Frieden gave his government's point of view on another of the big topics on this month's European Council agenda, Ukraine's EU accession prospects. Luxembourg backs the Commission's proposal to open negotiations. It also supports the addition of €50 billion to the bloc's long-term budget, the multi-annual financial framework, to support Ukraine, as 100.7 reports. It is clear to Luxembourg that Ukraine must be given these prospects based on the recommendation of the European Commission. It is the Commission that looks at this on the ground. This applies to Ukraine, but also applies to a number of other candidate countries. It is clear to us that the Commission must make that recommendation. I think that for geopolitical reasons, for the reasons of stability and peace in Europe, these countries must join the Union. Yet the EU accession of Ukraine and Moldova, for example, would undoubtedly force an extensive reform of the Union. Estonian legal expert Kari Jinta points out, in an interview with Cuckoo Radio, that the countless challenges faced would range from the logistical to the ideological. If an accession country has the same population as Germany or Poland, for example, how many seats should they have in the European Parliament? If, for example, 96 new MEPs from Turkey or Ukraine or some other country join the Parliament, where will they sit? We will have to build new Parliament buildings, tear down old ones, carry out complete radical reforms. When these countries finally join, through what will be a very difficult and lengthy process, it will certainly also mean a cross-cutting reform of the European Union. And I'm not sure how these values will come together so quickly. In the case of Ukraine, for example, it is difficult to imagine how this could be achieved in less than 10 years, to root out corruption, ensure a market economy and so on. There are a lot of questions for the European Union here. So it's clear that not everyone is as convinced about Ukraine's future within the EU as Luxembourg's PM. In a recent letter to European Council President Charles Michel, Hungary's Viktor Orban, for one, has doubled down on his threat to derail next week's summit over the question of opening accession negotiations with Kyiv. And, according to the latest Eurobarometer survey, which is just out, the European populace is also sitting on the fence. RTBF discusses the results of the latest survey with Eric Maurice from the Robert Schumann Foundation in Brussels. The Belgian broadcaster points out that while 49% of Belgians are currently in favour of said enlargement, 47% are against it, and asks Maurice why this might be. One key issue is the uncertainty surrounding the current conflict, replies Maurice. With regard to enlargement, next week we may decide to open negotiations with Ukraine, but we have never answered the question of whether we will bring Ukraine on board if, in a few years' time, at the end of the negotiations, Ukrainian territory is still occupied by Russia. This question remains open. 
But that's not all. Even if Ukraine was not currently at war, Maurice points out, its integration would pose problems. The latest enlargements, in particular the big wave of 2004, posed many problems. We had the issue of workers from the new countries at the time. We have the issue of posted workers. We also have the issue of agricultural subsidies. It's clear that if we extend the EU to countries like Ukraine or the Western Balkans, the richest of them will be poorer than the poorest current member states. So there are bound to be consequences for European policy and for the budget. And that very budget, namely the Multiannual Financial Framework, or MFF, is another issue due to be debated when the European Council convenes next week. Building on the discussions at their last meeting in October 2023, EU leaders will attempt to reach agreement on the proposed revision of the EU's current seven-year budget, which runs from 2021 to 2027. Since adopting this long-term budget in 2020, the bloc has faced unprecedented and unforeseen challenges, ranging from the war in Ukraine to rapid inflation. All of these challenges have put the EU budget under significant and unexpected pressure. Back in June, the Commission presented three legislative proposals to revise and strengthen the MFF in a number of key areas specifically support for Ukraine, migration management and the promotion of long-term competitiveness. To be adopted, these changes must be agreed unanimously in the Council and approved by the European Parliament. At the last European Parliament plenary at the end of November, Romanian S&D member Victor Negrescu called for more ambition from the European Commission. Radio Romania shares his statement. While our global competitors pump colossal sums into their economies, supporting their SMEs or farmers, Europe is held back by populists and has a purely bureaucratic approach. I reiterate the request of the European Parliament to quickly revise the long-term European budget so that Europe has the necessary resources. Numbers mean nothing if the implementation of programmes and projects does not lead to better lives. We call on the European Commission to increase the quality of its actions so that people can directly feel the benefits generated by the Union's budget. It remains to be seen how many of these loose ends will be tied up next week. That's all for this week. Join us again next week for our last trip around the Euronet Plus network in 2023.